Welcome to the podcast, Mom. Thanks for doing this. <laughs> well, you're welcome, my dear. <laughs> you are my favorite middle son. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that narrows it down. Yeah, that narrows it down. I'll take that. You okay. know? Yeah, 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 for sure. You know, I this morning... When I picked up those pictures, I, I was thinking back to when you were little. Is this corny? No. <laughs> yeah. And I was remembering things about when we moved to Arizona, you were just a baby. And then when we lived in that yellow house, you know, mm -hmm. and I was remembering that I think Chris was in kindergarten and Kyle wasn't even born yet. Mm -hmm. And so I was an assistant teacher at South Mountain Y. Okay. And we and I took you with me there. And then the other days it was at Day Spring Preschool. And I remember that at the Y there was much more multicultural than it was in South Tempe. And there was a little boy who spoke no English. His name was Manuelito. Remember this story? Um, and we called him Lito. 
and he would wait by the door for you to come. And cute as, you know, dark hair, big eyes, right? And he spoke no English. Well, and you spoke no Spanish, but it didn't matter. I mean, you would hit the door, you'd see Lito, and he'd be waiting there. And the two of you would just go off by yourselves. It was like so cute. Everybody used to comment on, you didn't really talk to each other very much because you couldn't understand each other. But it's like kindred spirits found each other. So there were other kids there, but the two of you just, there was just something about that. And everybody used to comment how cute that was, you know. <laughs> so anyway, I was remembering that. And then uh, then we were in the car driving there one day and you said to me uh, at two, <laughs> you know, uh-uh, mom, I don't, don't want to go to school anymore, mom. And I said, well, you know, mom works there, so we have to go. And I was trying to figure out why, what the deal was. And I think because the kids were a little more active, you know, it was less structured. You didn't, you didn't like that, Mm. you know, whereas the other one was, you know, pretty, pretty structured, a little tamer, you know, so, but when you found Lito, then that was fine. (laughs) (laughs) So you and Lito. (laughs) And then um, I was remembering this time, too, where it was like all the neighborhood neighborhood kids and moms were together. I forgot where this was, somebody's house. And uh, it was Peggy Johnson. Remember Peggy and Mm -hmm. and, um, Andrea and and Stacy. And uh, once again, you're really you're really young and. We were eating something, and you tasted it, and you said, this is delicious. And Peggy said, did he say this is delicious? And they go, yeah. And she said, I never heard anybody that little speak that well. (laughs) And I was like, it's what he does, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he does. He he eats. (laughs) No, no, no. But I mean, it it never occurred to me that a two-year-old wouldn't talk like that. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean that you, oh, really? you could express yourself that well. Yeah. And she said, that's amazing. You know, and I just went, okay, that's my kid. <laughs> He's two. He speaks well. <laughs> what, what do you expect? You know? <laughs> so anyway, so it was sort of like you and I were, were like sidekicks for a while. It was Christmas in school and there was no Kyle. And so you were always very uh, gentle you didn't like a lot of, you didn't like turmoil. You didn't like arguing. You didn't, you never liked that, you know? So you were just always a gentle soul. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you. That was great. Well, I'm sure we all kind of made up for it a little bit in our teenage years. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people people always say, oh, I'm sorry you have these boys, you know. I used to go, why? <laughs> They're great. Yeah, I don't get that, you know. <laughs> and then they became 16. <laughs> <laughs> so what was that like, being the mom of three teenage, creative, somewhat rebellious teenagers all in the same house that, that couldn't have been... The easiest thing in the world. This this is going to sound like a motherly response, but I I was just always I I felt special because of you guys. I did. I this goes way back, but I remember at the mall, and, and you, you remember the picture we had taken too. You know, you and Chris had matching shirts. Yeah, <laughs> of course, that's the oldest Schaefer. Yeah, yeah, Chris and uh, Kyle was in a stroller. And I remember I was we were walking through, and I was going to Penny's, I guess, to get your picture taken. And people would stop me and go, "Are they all yours?" And I was like, so proud, <laughs> you know. And you guys all were like tan, little tan because you were by the pool and white hair and just so cute. And I was like, I have done a good thing for humanity. Doesn't that sound terrible? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was just like, I remember just feeling. Like, so proud, you know? And then as the teenage years came along, you know, 
I guess this goes back to how I used to feel. You know, my parents had raised teenagers in the 50s and then they had me in this. I was in the 60s and oh God, you know, I was, I was always thrust into being or doing things that I had to do what my brother and sister did because that's the way it was done. So I tried to be cognizant of the fact that nobody wants to be a clone of their sibling because then you get dismissed, you know, you're, and so Chris is who he was. And early on you, you established that you were your own person. Cause I remember one time uh, you were in elementary, you were younger than that. You were young elementary school. And I think I said to you, why don't you go read in your room or something? And you said, you put a bat over your shoulder and you said, Okay, that may be my brother's idea of a good time, but not mine. I'm going out and play ball. <laughs> and I remember thinking, well, that's a good thing. You know, <laughs> he likes books. He likes to play baseball. You know, everybody's their own person, you know. So, I mean, I tried to like not say, you know, your brother did this, so you have to do that. Because it, I, I that was always uh, like so frustrating to me. Like you're never, you were never allowed to think out of the norm or, you know, do anything out of the norm. So when you wanted pink high tops, you got them. (laughs) 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 And a pink baseball glove. I remember that. And I, and people are going, really, you're going to buy him that? So if he wants a pink baseball glove and high tops, why not? He says that that's for girls. <laughs> and you kind of liked it that people I... commented on that, you know? <laughs> so I was like, great, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> but I did have I did have issues when you did the hair dyeing, you know? Yeah, that I mean, was yeah, that yeah. was the line right there. Oh. I, I know you were very particular about her hair yes. and her clothes. Oh yes, 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 yes. And yes, when you the first time you went from very blonde to black hair, and I have nothing against black hair on people that it belongs on, but I was just like, oh, God. <laughs> it was as if you disfigured yourself or something. Like, no, 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 no. So, But then after that, you went back to being blonde again. But then the blue hair was the killer. <laughs> and your little girlfriend and you were in the bathroom and you walk out with blue hair, and you know, I called her over and said, uh, "Honey, there'll be no more hair dying over here." <laughs> and she looked at me kind of scared, you know. <laughs> and then I walk in the bathroom, and the faucets are dyed blue, and the, <laughs> you know, and the <laughs> the sink is dyed blue. I'm like, "Oh God!" But you know, I think probably being a teenager in the '60s prepared me for that. And then you had your band, and then I remember <laughs> your grandmother was visiting one time, and uh, up the driveway walks this kid. I've told you this story, and I can't remember his name, but he had pretty long hair, and he put this gel on, and it looked like triceratops things coming out, mm-hmm. and he's walking up the driveway, and I said to my mother, who often was very outspoken when she saw people. <laughs> Mom, you know, they're in a band. This is what they do. And, you know, don't say anything. And uh, he walks in and she's like, oh, my God. And I just said to him, how do you sleep on that? You know? And he goes, I don't know. I haven't tried that yet. <laughs> <laughs> so I just tried to roll with it because I remembered, you know, long hair and bell bottoms and beards and guitars and, you know, all that. And so I figured, okay, this is this is what he's going through. So I don't know. Yeah, it was, you were probably the original rebel of your family, although it's a relative. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> you know, moving all the way across the country and being uh, a child, going to college at Kent State University after all uh, that yes. turmoil went down. I'm sure uh, yeah. grandma couldn't have been too excited about that. Oh, no, 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 no. It was, uh, you know, the, at the time too, being in this Slovak family where everyone was in everyone's business, you know, and 
my mother's sister married my father's brother. Mm -hmm. So everybody knew everything about what everyone was doing. And so, oh God, they were horrified. How did you let her do that? Why did you let her go all that way? It was like an hour, an hour (laughs) away, but her hour and a half or however long it was. Oh, Eleanor, John, oh my. But uh, I, I can remember being dropped off on campus, you know, at my dormitory. And it was my mom and my older sister and my niece, Beth, and... They were like, are you going to be okay? And I was like, bye. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) I didn't, I was so excited to like have the freedom that um, it it wasn't worrisome to me at all. I wasn't nervous. I was just ready. Of course, I wasn't 18 either. I was a little older, but it was a nice time in my life, you know, that I, I could, you know, meeting different people because I lived in a neighborhood where everyone was Slavic. Everybody spoke Hungarian, Polish, Slovak, you know, Croatian. And the church that I had to attend when I was little, that they sang in Slovak, you know. So I grew up with this kind of little village, which had its good points too, though I have to admit. But um, I had never had any Jewish friends before. And the two Jewish friends I had were like the most amazing people in the world, you know, and very honest. You know, if you would say, does this color look good on me? And they go, God, no, that looks awful. You know, and I would laugh thinking no one's ever that forthright in my life. It's always like, well, maybe you should, you know, but no, it was definitive, you know, but very, very kind people. And it's the first time I learned people do things differently than you, but it doesn't mean they're bad people. That's that's just the way they do it. There isn't one way to be a good person. There's many ways. And so that was kind of hard for me to talk, go back to, you know, (laughs) where I was from and just talk about it and like, no, no, oh, oh, oh God, no, really? That's what they do? Like no one understood because they were still in their village that you know, I was looking at things differently from a wider viewpoint, you know. So that was sort of a, that was sort of problematic. And then it was the Vietnam War going on. And I remember the year before that, I had a job working in Kmart sporting goods. And I'm ashamed to say they sold handguns. And I grew up with the hunters, so, you know, I understood that, but there weren't any handguns. People were actually coming into Walmart, buying guns to shoot college kids. And I was like, I I was like, these people could be your children, you know, it was so... What do you mean they strange when they came in? They that was armed, their express they, purpose to they, defend to themselves arm again? themselves against student rioters. Yeah. Wow. And I, yeah, that's wow was right. I was so shocked. I, I was like, <laughs> I couldn't, could, I couldn't get a handle on that. And said, so, of course, there were, were people, you know, when I growing up, it was like your country is right, or your, you stick up for your country, right or wrong. You know, and then there's, I'm in an environment where people are protesting the war, and that's the wrong thing to do. You never, you know, you go against the government or whatever. And although I went there the year after the shooting, every year there was still a memorial service, you know, and um, my major was speech and hearing therapy, and one of the girls that had been shot was major in that department and so her picture was up there and there was a lot to talk about her and it was it it was just so you know like being between two different worlds in retrospect doesn't every generation go through that you know it's it's sort of a rite of passage that you don't think like your parents anymore because your experiences are different you know but um <laughs> what do you I mean, to ask you, you know, what do you see the differences between then and now as far as, you know, it's obviously a not to get too far into politics here, but, you know, it's a heavy political time. And, you know, I 
I don't know what compared to the sixties, you know, what, what would you say is the difference in the, in the zeitgeist as far as you see it? I have told you this one before. I, I cannot believe there aren't more artists, music people that are writing protest songs that are, are not expressing themselves. I don't get it. You know, I, there was, you know, what was the song? Beyond the Watchtower? Is that what it was Along one? the Watchtower. Mercy, Mercy Me. And I mean, there were... Ohio. Yeah. Oh, Young. yeah, for sure. We're, yeah. yeah. I don't get it. I don't understand. Um, but I think the difference is that they had the draft then. And it, it, it affected uh, young people directly. And you knew that you could, you know, get sent in to Nam. Whereas now it's just a, a finite group of people that volunteer, go over there and do that. And we don't have to think about it. You know, even uh, gun control issues. I really respected those kids from Parkland, you know, that, that you know, had their movement. But there should be more of that. There just should be young voices. Come on, this is your world. Do it. You know, talk about it. Say it. Even starting as in high school. I mean, you know, that and even environmental issues, you know, I know there's a movement for that, but, but I, I am disappointed in the, in the music industry that they don't, there are, at least to my knowledge, you know, when I turn on the radio, I don't, I don't hear any of that. And I don't know, uh, I don't know why no one's brave enough. You know, why are you not brave enough? to to do that it's it's important it's important to shape the world so i don't know maybe that's what i should put on my bucket list i'll write a protest song (laughs) jan baez (laughs) (laughs) there we go i like it has a ring to it huh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I don't know. Do you agree? Do you agree with that? It's just I, I I do agree. And I remember when you you told me that I I really had to stop and think about why that was. And then I think about you know even the music that we've been writing over the years. There's definitely a an element of that, but I'd say it's more secondary. And you know, I mean, I definitely you know. It seems like all the music we're writing and creating, there's definitely some some deeper uh, content going on. But for whatever reason, I feel like it's difficult having gone through the grown up playing punk rock music. And it's very anti-authoritarian and like everybody has something to say, whether it's interesting and they're intelligent or not, you know. So that was kind of the whole point of playing, whether, you know, even above your ability level or, you know, how pleasing it is to the ear, you know, that was really the driving forces we felt, everybody felt like they had something to say, which I definitely resonate with. But I think I got to the point where, at least in my own musical, you know, journey, I guess, that it was, I felt like in order to try to make a point, you kind of have to disguise, not disguise a little bit. That's not the exact right term, but you kind of have to give people a little bit of sugar with the medicine because a lot of the stuff that, you know, we were doing was just so in your face. And if, you know, if you want to make a point, that's great. But if you really want people to listen to you, I feel like you it has to be a little bit more nuanced. So at least from my perspective, I feel like most of the stuff that I write has a little bit of that like there's a there's always a, a little bit of a you know there's some sort of meaning behind it but i got kind of turned off by people just throwing it in your face and this is how it should be and this is you know there's so much of that in the in the scene that i grew up in and and I, and it really turned me off to a point after a while you know so i think there's plenty of that stuff out there Still, but I don't know who is actually presenting it in a palatable way, you know? So I'm hoping the pendulum swings back to where we get more of that, what you're saying, but like people can present it in a more, 
not that you're catering to people or kowtowing to what they want to hear, but there is something sonically, I feel, that like you can't be too abrasive to people's ears if you really want them to listen, you know? And, and I feel like most of the stuff that you're talking about, it has been in that underground hard rock punk metal movement where it's very aggressive in your face. And most of the people who are trying to make points politically, but I I'm hearing more and more really good, you know, stuff with a, with a soul, with some, some substance to it. And it, and it's coming out in a more appealing package, even, you know, even as someone who really enjoyed that harder music after a while, I don't want to hear that anymore either. I'm, I'm 40, I'm not 20, you know? So I feel like it's coming back around. Um, so yeah. Did you hear that people? My, <laughs> my mom's saying that <laughs> and she, and she's not a, you know, she's not in here a tie dye dreadlock. She's dressed to the nines, put together, you know, well, a classy always, woman. So, oh, you, so oh, oh, my favorite so, son, right? <laughs> well, it's, it's true. I mean, it's, you know, there's no video here. So, you know, people don't know if you have a mohawk or whatever, but she's oh, saying you're soft now. <laughs> yeah, we're all soft. So oh, we got to step it up, people. Gosh. Long haired boy, waiting night girl, clinging to each other on the ethereal world, holding the circle while the red candles burn, crafting how to spell out different when they got their turn. Said there's more to this journey than diamonds and furs. But I got to get mine, baby, and you got to get yours. My soul went drifting upon distant shores. Have free tools, it's all but a blur. Got to go on, girl, it's a beautiful world Making heaven on earth lately, haven't you heard? Like claiming, got all the cures Show you my scars, you show me yours Steadfast and weary, like me under and sure. They don't want to be angry, they just long to be hurt. Half as clearly as her next nine words. She said, Come on, hon, won't you put? Down the gun, still plenty of love for you under the sun. I know you've seen too much, but I don't care what you've done. The days of battle, long streets I come from. But there's more to this journey than diamonds and furs. I'm gonna get mine, baby, and you're gonna get yours. The heart's largely unmapped and underexplored. I'll show you my charts, you'll show me yours. Go on, girl, it's a beautiful world. 
Making heaven on earth lately, haven't you heard? I ain't claiming we got all the cures. I'll show you my scars, and you show me yours. Go on, girl, it's a beautiful world. Making heaven on earth lately, haven't you heard? I ain't claiming we got all the cures. But I'll give you my heart, you give me yours. You know what I was just, you, what that reminded me of is it, um, Oh, I can't think of the artist though. But the in the song he goes something about my mom. My mama don't my even my mama don't like you, and she likes everyone. Who sings that song? <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, if you something, then you should. Uh, if something about if you think that much of yourself, you should just go love yourself. Oh, what is his is it, name? Is it a new song? Uh, yeah. Um, Oh, who's the he? He was a young kid. I think he is Canadian too. Oh gosh, I could see him, but I can't think of his name. But but in his song, that's it. What is said, and I had to laugh, you know. And, and I, I think I remembered reading about him that you know, his mom kind of helped his career too. And but oh, one of the lyrics, Justin Bieber. Yes, yeah. yes, that's who it was. Yeah, and in the song. Go love yourself. That's what it is. Mm. Be, the girl was so conceited that if you think so much, don't go love yourself. Yeah. And then it said, and even my mama don't like you, and she likes everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know your brother told me that one time. He was telling me about a girl, and he and he said, uh, I, I was trying to take the woman's side of it, and he said, you know what your problem is? I go, what? He goes, you like everybody. I'm trying to make a point here. Just listen. <laughs> and I had to laugh, you know. I had to laugh. <laughs> but, you know, I was thinking if there are any established radio stations out there, you know, or not, have a, a flashback to the 60s and play all of those protest songs. Wouldn't that be nice? Just keep playing them until because I think musically they were really good. Absolutely, that's and some I of the think, best music. I yeah, I still yeah, go back and, yeah. and listen to the that era of. I know uh, it's like mercy, mercy me, things ain't what they used to be. You know, and then the background in it too. The background singers are great. You know, so it's like you said, it was palatable. But there was this big message, and then it was very emotional. So, okay, everyone out there listening, <laughs> play like nonstop for 24 hours protest songs and let it catch on. So, I, I see I've become so radical. It's almost 69. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should address my generation and say play those protest songs again right yeah yeah for sure and so i the that is my feeling on that forest gump and that's all i have to say about that <laughs> <laughs> And I'm finding now that I live in a retirement community. Most recently, I moved there. And I'm learning how to grow old in an interesting way. And, you know, the old saying, can't judge a book by its cover. I am really learning that. I have met so many people that I would have looked at and said, isn't she a cute white-haired old lady or a guy? And then I talked to them and it's like one woman, I complimented her outfit. It was really beautiful. And she was, she used to work like in a broad, like maybe she was um, an agent or something. And she bought all her clothes in New York. And I mean, it was very obvious, gorgeous. And she still is the MC when, when we have musical performers. 
And I, and once again, I was like, wow, I want to sit and listen to her life. And then uh, the other day we were just waiting for our food to be for takeout. And this older woman uh, who had a German accent came and sat with us and said, do you mind if I sit here? I'm waiting for dinner. And I said, no, not at all. And so I introduced myself and I said, and what is your name? And she said, Leah. And I go, that's my granddaughter's name. And she said, more exact, it's Liana. I go, that's my granddaughter's name. So it turned out that this Liana, and in German you spell a little differently, but I never thought that name was could be German, you know. And um, she came to the States as a nanny. But prior to that, after the war, she helped orphans be placed in American and English homes. And she adopted her own two kids. And I'm like, wow. You know, it, 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 once again, you think, is, isn't, she, isn't she cute? But she, she had a profound <laughs> impact on people, on orphans, you know? I was just so amazed by that. Mm. And then uh, my husband, Dave, he, he was uh, saying that the first time he went on business in uh, Germany, he was on the Autobahn and he didn't read German, but he kept saying Ausfahrt, Ausfahrt, Ausfahrt. And he go, God, you know, for the exits. He mm-hmm. said, this must be a big city, Ausfahrt. Look at how many, you know, uh, exits there are. And she, and what Ausfahrt means in German is exit. And he thought it was a town. Oh, and he yeah. kept looking, where's the town I'm supposed to go to? <laughs> they keep saying it's Ausfart. How many Ausfart exits are? <laughs> and she laughed and she said, yeah, people think we Germans are just farts. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and once again, I came away going, Leah, you are the cutest, you know? <laughs> so then I told my granddaughter yesterday, our Leah, you know, I met a lady that was much older and her name was the same as yours and she was all amazed by that but so that was interesting i I met another guy that is this unbelievable artist and unfortunately can't paint anymore but his stuff is out of this world and then people that are woodworkers and they work in metal and jewelry makers. I met this lady the other day and she said, you want, I said, I really like your copper jewelry. She goes, well, I'll come, come on, I'll teach you to do that. And I go, I will do that. <laughs> so, you know, you could discount people as they're just old, but ask him wh- what their life is like. Another one, he was uh, an CIA, FBI agent. Another one was a general in the army. Another, you know, it's shocking. Like you, you know, you assess your life and you think, you know, well, okay, I did this and this. But then when you, you hear them, you're just like in awe. I'm in awe of them, you know? So, and great senses of humor too, <laughs> which is surprising. Also, the jokes I've heard lately, you're like, "Oh my, <laughs> that came out of great grandma, did it?" <laughs> so I'm in. You know, I, no one wants to think about growing old as if it's a really bad thing, and you just don't want to go there. But it's not a bad thing. It's part of life. And so you then you have to figure out how to navigate those years and who you want to be. You know, you, you could sit and do nothing or you could learn a lot of things, you know. So and then I went to genealogy the other day, I told you. Right. And I am very fascinated by my paternal grandmother who passed away when my dad was only 11 or 12, mm-hmm. leaving six children, a baby through a 16-year-old. And I think, and I, I, I don't know why I have an affinity for her because I feel bad that she's been like brushed under the rug. Like no one is interested in her. And I remember once asking my aunt, 
I said, did your mother have a sense of humor? Because my, my, my dad and his whole family were just, oh my God, laughing jokesters, despite the fact that they had a really hard life after their mother died. And my aunt who had had a stroke was shaking her head. Yes, yes. She said, people would come over and my mother was funny and, you know, and then grandpa would come home and everybody was like, be quiet, you know? And so I said, I knew it. I knew it. I knew that some, they learned it somewhere and it wasn't from him because I met him, you know? But uh, so I, I'm trying to find out where she came from. So that's my, my next mission. Like I don't want, and her name, I remember seeing her name when my grandfather died on, uh-huh. on her gravestone. And I found it the other day when I went to class. And I remember her name isn't in English would be Ursula, but it's Ursula with an O. And mm. you know how sometimes you look at something and it's like seared in your brain. Yeah. And so I up comes her very old gravestone with Ursula on it and her maiden name and you know her married name. So now my job is to figure out where did she come from? Where you went village? You know I don't know that you know. So I don't. Is it still in Slovakia somewhere, or I would imagine, imagine, yeah, yeah. That's my, you know, that's kind of like how ancestry works. You, you buy a subscription, you could mm-hmm. only get into so many databases, and then if you want more, you have to buy into all these. And so I was unsure of what which ones to enter. So they, uh, the villages, bought five different uh, subscriptions, and you could go back further. And then there's a person that will help you with that. Mm. So, uh, you know, I, I looked her up and whoosh, I printed, this sounds gross or terror. What? Dismal, not gross. It, 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 it should sound depressing, but I was so happy I found her, you know. Oh, so cool. I, I feel like I want to know her more, you know. So we'll, we'll see. And, and I will the other side too, but, um, and my grandfather too, who everybody said he was such a grouch, but I think, can you imagine being in your thirties and your wife dies and you have six kids, oh a baby through a 16 year old and you have very little money? Yeah. Oh. No wonder he was a grouch. Yeah. He was probably terrified. Absolutely. You know? And, uh, you know, my father tells stories of in the summer, he let three kids go live on a farm because he couldn't, he didn't have enough food to feed them and all of that stuff. So they had a really, really harsh life, but they have a sense of humor. Like, you know, I often said they were the poster children for child abuse or something, but loved children too. Loved. I remember you, we'd go to a reunion one time and, you know, I would take you and Chris and they could not hug and kiss you enough. It was like, bring the baby over here, (laughs) you know? So how does one, you know, I think because it took care of themselves and their baby brother, they had to take care of their baby brother and they, you know, whatever. And uh, so, so that's, that's it, you know? And then I have this memory of my father when your dad was in dental school, uh, they had in the clinic, uh, they had to have crisply ironed shirts and dress shirts. And so I'd come home from work and I'd have this big pile of ironing, right? So every Wednesday, grandma and grandpa would come over and I walk in the door after work one day and my dad is ironing your father's shirts. And I never saw my dad iron before. Now, nobody irons, but when I was growing up, oh God, you ironed underwear, you ironed <laughs> handkerchief, but you ironed everything, right? And he said, you're going to die, Janet. You can't do all this. And he said, I swore. I said, but I've never seen you iron. And he said, this was my job when I grew was growing up. And I vowed when I got married, I would never iron again. <laughs> he said, but you, I'm doing this for love. <laughs> and he, and I, I was like, so touched. You know, here's my dad ironing your dad's shirts for the clinic, you know, <laughs> because he was worried I had too much to do. So anyway, it's like, okay, I found out my dad was the ironer in the family <laughs> and that he never wanted to do that again. And, you know, so, uh, and that he, you know, they were funny. They were always funny. And so uh, he and my uncle Willie married sisters. 
And uh, so uh, they were very close. And our last name was very Slavic, and it was always hard to spell. And so roll call came, you know, it would be Janet. Don't, it's me. Don't go any further. Because <laughs> no one could pronounce it. And um, they would tell this joke uh, all the time. And to them, it never ceased to be funny. I don't know how many times I heard this. And so my uncle Willie would say to my dad, hey, hey, John, do you ever hear about that guy, John Kukalala Ladovich, that went to the judge and asked for his a name change? And, and my dad said, no, Willie, <laughs> tell me about that. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, well, there was this guy, his name was John Kukalala Ladovich. He goes into the judge and he says, I would like to change my name. And the judge says, What's your name? And he goes, John Kukulala Ladovich, right? And the judge says, I don't blame you. If I had a name like John Kukulala Ladovich, I'd change it too. What do you want to change it? How do you want to change it? And he goes, I want to change it to Joe Kukulala Ladovich. <laughs> I heard that, isn't it? It's so funny. To this and we kids would laugh like, like as if we never heard that before. But, but instead of like, you know, changing your name to be very Americanized, my dad used to say, if you have changed your name to make people remember you, I guess you're just not worth remembering. And I think that's pretty profound, isn't it? Yeah. You know. So, so it is interesting now. People keep their, you know. I'm I'm trying to think what whether it was NPR <laughs> or what what show it was, and it was hosted by David Brancaccio and Maria Inojosa. Mm -hmm. And every time I would hear that, I would go, now those are names, you know, <laughs> Brancaccio Inojosa, you know. <laughs> 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 I like that. I like the way it rolls off your lips, you know? Yeah, I like those the, the yeah. sounding names. Me it's too, me too. More interesting. But, and, and most people keep them anymore. You know, they don't, you know, you they make people learn it, you know? It's like, don't don't dumb people down. Give them a chance, you know? Yeah. So, so that's true. How did we get off on that about? Oh, you're talking about yeah. you're finding your oh finding your, my roots, yes, yeah. roots, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if uh, oh, what is this name that does that show? Oh, um, I love that show too. I can't um, think of the guy's name. Um, Gates. Yeah. Yes. Okay. If Doctor Gates is Lewis listening, Gates Jr. Yes, yes. If he is listening, I want to ask him to do a study on a common folk. Like me, <laughs> instead of celebrities all the time, who are always related to somebody famous. You know, I just want, you know, I want to find out about my grandma. So help me out here, will you? <laughs> <laughs> all right, Lewis, if you're listening. Yes. <laughs> help my mom out. It's her birthday. Yeah. <laughs> birthday tomorrow. Yes, yes. <laughs> so anyway, um so that's where I'm at. I'm 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 excited that I'm learning things. It's it's refreshing, and it's like going back to geriatric college or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great. I'm ready to sign up right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> I know Kyle wants to go too because of the buffet. Yeah, <laughs> I like buffets. Buffets are good. How do I get in there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's. Yeah, it sounds like some Kyle will say. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, so who would you say was the hungriest of the three Schaefer boys? I know we can throw down in legendary fashion that that must have been hard keeping oh. enough food in the refrigerator <laughs> for the three ba little bears. <laughs> you know, I it it would have to be a toss up. I it it was like a constant, like everyone was always eating. So <laughs> uh, truly, it, it wasn't. It, yeah, it was like everyone was always eating all the time. So <laughs> 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 like cows in a meadow, you know, <laughs> sheep. You know, <laughs> you you don't see anything wrong with that because you're in the midst of it all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It was always there was always stuff around, and you know, you guys were hungry. And, and you know what? <laughs> Once again, 
it's kind of that Slavic culture, mm-hmm. you know, in the house where I grew up, there was always like cakes and pies and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, stuffed cabbage and kalbasi and ham and, you know, and not that we were rich, we weren't, but, you know, it was that way. My whole neighborhood, you know, you go to Julie's house, her mother was, her grandma was Polish and pierogi day and at eight years old, I could eat a whole time. <laughs> of course, I looked like a pierogi at the time, but <laughs> my friend Julie and I, we would we would slam those back, and and my mom would just boil them and put onions and butter in it, which is bad enough, but her grandma would fry them in butter, Ooh. and then you add sour cream. On top of it. <laughs> it was dying and going to heaven. <laughs> And stuffed cabbage. Oh, gosh, I used to love that. Now, I made that for you when you guys were little, mm-hmm. and you hated the cabbage. Mm-hmm. You were like, mm, you're going to do that. Well, you know, if I m- might say, I think I was the original keto kid. Yeah? Yeah. After you you told me the story of how you found me sitting in the rocking chair, oh. just <laughs> eating a stick of butter. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That and you climbed way up. Yeah, you were not very old when that happened. And then you climbed up. You put the the chair by the counter, stood on the counter, and I had a jar of uh, vitamins, kids' vitamins, in a peanut butter jar on the top shelf. And you you got those down one time and you swallowed a bunch of them. And I had Probably not poison. keto-friendly. No, but I had to call poison control. Going, oh my God, I don't know how many he ate. And they said, as long as there's not iron in it, he'll be fine. <laughs> and I was like, Scotty. And I didn't even think you would know where they were at. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I, but you did. I knew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I guess I just needed those healthy fats for my brain, you know? Maybe. Maybe. Intuitively. I mean, I'm sure there were, yeah, you know, maybe. plenty of other things not on the ketogenic friendly that I was consuming, <laughs> but I just thought that was funny. Yeah. I, I, I was so, yeah. And I was like, give me that. <laughs> what do you want to eat? Don't you can't eat butter. Well, it was the eighties. It could have been margarine. Which would yeah. Have been maybe it was. Oh my God. <laughs> Thank God we're, you're still alive to talk about it. <laughs> uh, uh, oh gosh. So well, funny. but you do win the prize for the most broken windows. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because you hit a golf ball through the front picture window, not the mm. side panels, which would cost less to replace. <laughs> no, you had to hit it through the biggie. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> Five by eight window that costs a lot of money to uh, repair. <laughs> I, yeah, I believe I broke that one too. Yeah, and then the the garage window that wasn't your fault though. You were playing catch with your father, and right, he missed. Right. Yeah, so that's on him. Yeah, and then <laughs> that was a that was baseball, and then you were putting in the backyard of our uh, ju- juniper house oh, yeah, and right. you hit the plate glass window on the door. That's right. And that was more time when instead of the, it just cra- you know, breaking, it was like it broke into little crystals all over the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and you were, like, you, you were always so remorseful that I couldn't get mad at you. It's like, you know, you're like, I can't believe I did that again. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Scott, don't aim towards the house. (laughs) Oh, so funny. (laughs) Yes. Well, and then you probably had the most colorful friends, I would say. Oh, yeah? Although maybe that was a toss-up. Yeah. But maybe, yeah, very mischievous. (laughs) <laughs> with the hole in the wall and all that. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. That was yeah. that was a – probably can't tell you the whole story on that one, but <laughs> – Oh, well, it's so many years later. Tell me. <laughs> oh, no. We, we were just – we were wrestling, uh-huh. saying there might have been some intoxicants involved. Oh, no. Which you – did you get it from our house? What's that? The intoxicants. Uh, no, we did not. Oh, and I don't okay. think all I need right. to go into right. well, specifics on that, but <laughs> – <laughs> but yes, we were wrestling mm-hmm. in the uh, in the band room, mm-hmm. as I recall. Mm-hmm. 
after school. I don't know. Was it a half day or something? It seemed like we were- You used to do that every Friday. Every Friday. Yes. Because I remember thinking, oh, this, the year, the day is, the week is over. I'm done teaching. I walk in the house and the roof is being raised. And I thought, okay, I'll just go to the grocery store for two hours <laughs> and come back. <laughs> <laughs> now, whose butt went through the wall? Uh, if I recall, it was my friend Jeff's butt who went through the wall. <laughs> And he was he was thrown by a friend Colin. <gasps> no. Yes. Really mm -hmm. thrown? Yeah, thrown. Like, like I said, there may have been some some, <laughs> <laughs> some substances involved <laughs> adding to his his strength and power. But uh, <laughs> well, now if you remember the story, we right. So we, we were... he puts a big hole in the drywall in a in our. Band room, yeah, practice yeah, room. Yes. And, and so my solution was to cover it with this uh, giant REM poster that I had. Mm -hmm. And we would revisit it at a, at a later time when we could figure out what to do so my dad wouldn't come home and beat my ass. <laughs> 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 so how, lo how long was it after that, that to where well, the next part of the story comes? In? You know, I... <laughs> It wasn't too. I don't know how long I after know a while because I remember we had that that covering for a long time. Yeah, I want to say like well, a year. We, we had all gone. I think it was to a wedding or something. Yeah, we went out of town, and then while we were out of town, I asked the little girl down the street if she would come over and feed the dogs. And when I came back, she said, and her dad too. He said someone was in your house. He said, because the first time she came in, the dish towels were all hung nicely. The second time, the dish towels were on the floor. Uh, the, the, you know, the Arcadia door was closed one time. The next time it was wide open. <laughs> so I come to find, oh, okay, so I'll, I'll keep telling the story. So I was like, uh, well, I knew that my son Scott had given the code on the garage to anybody that asked. So I'm thinking it could have been anyone in here, you know, nothing was taken. I was like, oh, I, know, I don't know. And no one would fess up. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So I was cleaning in there one day and I saw paint drips on the carpeting. And I thought, when did these get here? And so I peeled back the REM poster and there's this there's this patch badly <laughs> really bad patch it's very bad the size of an ass yeah. <laughs> on the wall yeah. and it was painted over badly and then i i guess it was long t after that and i said oh scotty come here what is this and and whoops and then you told me what happened and at the, it was so long after the fact, it, I thought it was very funny. <laughs> so as it turned out, it was Colin and Jeff that snuck in yeah. to repair the patch. And Jeff used to work for like- um, Paint store, yeah. Yeah, and he thought he knew how to do right. that <laughs> and stuff like that. So they were sneaking in and out while the poor little girl was trying to feed the dog and got scared. And then her father would come and, you know- so anyway, I but I made Colin fess up. Uh, oh yeah! You... Shortly thereafter, I went, Colin, you were in my house when I was gone, weren't you? And he he starts to shake his head no. <laughs> and then I said, Colin, I don't care that you were in my house because I know you wouldn't take anything or do anything. And um, I said, but. If you don't admit to me that you were in my house, I'm going to have to call the police and tell them someone broke in. And then your name might come up, you know, and he went, okay, I did it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like, we're, then, you know, the story comes out. But yes, I don't know. I lived. Yeah. <laughs> I lived. We all lived. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, we weren't that bad in no, retrospect, I mean, right? Yeah, I mean, no, no, it was what it was. It was just, you know, when you think back, that was a really pretty funny story. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> oh God, yeah. <laughs> yikes! 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 Remember when it happened? <laughs> yeah, I I've told you this one before. Um, Jeff came to our house one time. Our friend Jeff. Our friend Jeff, uh, which he was there a lot, and and Scott goes. Oh, you got to see his car. And so I go outside and I see that he has a Lexus with a car phone. And at that time, that was like beyond wow. And Scott's like, wow, he has a Lexus with a car phone. <laughs> and so <laughs> I said, listen up. Even if I had the money to buy you a Lexus with a car phone, you would never get one. I don't even have a Lexus with a car phone, so deal with it. So I said to Jeff, do you realize how totally, you know, wonderful and generous your parents are? And he said, yep, and I'm never moving out. So I said, there is a God. See, there is payment yeah, for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you made the right call there. <laughs> Hi, Jeff, if you're listening. <laughs> Love you. Missed you. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, yeah, I just have to say thank you for uh, putting up with all our loud uh, band practices and, uh, you know, all the annoying, terrible music you must have heard over the years coming <laughs> leading up to this point. <laughs> but uh, thank you for being encouraging and... Uh, just want to say that I uh, hope that uh, it'll all be worth it for you here. <laughs> <laughs> it was totally worth it. I would never, ever, ever, ever change the three wonderful gifts I got in my life. It's your blessings, truly. I know people say that, but you were. You were. You, were, you made life fun and interesting and funny and mischievous. <laughs> And sometimes there were police involved, but, you know, we'll forget about that. <laughs> Thank you for doing this. This is a wonderful birthday present. Oh, well, happy birthday. And I couldn't think of uh, another person better to share the hopefully new beginning we have uh, on the horizon for Schaefer House. And hope there's many good things to come. So love you. Thank you. And Aww. happy birthday. Thank you, and I love you very much. <laughs> Here's to all the crazy lives we're leading. Best to luck, the spirits young and old. Here's to all the effort you've been giving. Know that it was worth its waiting. Glasses, two bright years, new beginning. Peace and love to you and all your kin. Though the world is sometimes deceiving, it's always nice to know you.
Chevao. 